One of the topics that uh, many times comes up among evangelicals, among Pentecostals and Charismatics, is what happened to the fervor of the early church. We read in the book of Acts um, about these wonderful, miraculous things that the Holy Spirit did through not just the apostles, but through the deacons, through uh, laymen and women. And um, the sort of normal, especially fundamentalist uh, idea about this is that when uh, Constantine became the emperor and uh, became a Christian, and then uh, later on when uh, Theodosius declared that Christianity was the official religion of the uh, empire, that the church went into a period of spiritual lethargy. Um, in some cases, that, that can be certainly supported uh, from history and from, from the writings that have survived. Yet at the same time, there has always been uh, within the church men and women who, uh, who would not compromise uh, with the spirit of the world who would hold on to uh, the spiritual life and teachings of the early apostolic church. Of course, one of the first renewal movements, if we can use that terminology, to take place within the Orthodox Church was the monastic movement itself. Uh, as people begin to see that the church was in many cases, uh, especially uh, the leadership of the church, uh, as they were compromising with the world, as they were compromising with political power, uh, as they were gaining uh, material success, uh, that the spiritual um, fervor of the church began to cool. And there were men and women who felt called by God uh, to sort of go out into the deserts or go into a, uh, a place alone uh, to prepare themselves to pray, uh, to do spiritual warfare against um, those demonic spirits that would uh, try to um, capture the heart of the church. And of course, so we, we have this wonderful history, of course, of, of men like um, St. Anthony the Great who went into the desert, of St. Macarius, of, um, of St. Benedict of Nursia uh, who went into the desert uh, and uh, who, because of their spiritual life, because of the anointing of the Spirit upon them, people came to see them. People came out into the deserts uh, to, to hear a word from them, to hear a word of the Lord, which was a very common, common phrase, fathers, give us a word from the Lord. And so uh, many, many people would find themselves traveling out into the deserts uh, to visit these uh, holy men and women who were uh, vessels of the Holy Spirit. And, um, but all through the history of the church, uh, whenever there was a need, the Lord always raised up men and women who would uh, defend the truth of the faith. I mean, we can talk about St. Athanasius the Great, uh, who defended the truth of Christ's divinity against Arianism. We can talk about St. Basil the Great and St. Gregory, who defended the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and all of these men uh, were, as it were, vessels of the Spirit uh, to uh, renew the church. And then the, another person you could think of is 
Saint Cosmas the Aetolian in uh, the 18th century, uh, excuse me, the, uh, I believe it was the 17th century. No, it was the 18th century. He went from uh, in, under the Ottomans. He preached Christ in villages and towns and small places throughout Greece uh, in the context of Islam. And, many, uh, and he preached to the Orthodox as well as to others. Saint Simeon, the new theologian, um, he was born in, in 949 and fell asleep in the Lord in the year 1022. So it was just before the great schism of the, of the church. Um, what is, is most important, though, about St. Simeon is that he, he really is, in a sense, the, the father of the Hesychast movement. Uh, many teachers in the, uh, and theologians in the Orthodox Church uh, really give that title to uh, St. Gregory Palamas. But if you read this, the writings of St. Simeon, he really dwelled on, on what St. Gregory Palamas did, but many, many years before, before him. St. Simeon the New Theologian was one of those men. Uh, he lived at the beginning of the new millennium of the 1000s in, um, in Constantinople, and he found himself at a time when what had happened is, is that the church uh, had already dealt with all the Christological uh, heresies and put them to rest, had dealt with so many other theological issues, but unfortunately that theology uh, had become something that was written in books, that was only written in documents. Uh, it was not within the heart of the people. And there were even those who were beginning to teach that the things that had happened in the days of the apostles could not happen any longer. Uh, and, of course, St. Simeon uh, very clearly pointed out that this was a heresy to teach that um, the life of the Spirit, as was experienced by the early church, uh, could not be experienced today, that that was a heresy. It was a heresy above all heresies, uh, that all uh, was needed were for people to desire, uh, to be hungry, to repent, to prepare themselves uh, for the Holy Spirit to again operate and work in their lives and work in the church. And so this was what St. Simeon, the new theologian, dealt with. Simeon was set, is set apart from your normal Pentecostal person, or groups, I should say, because Simeon grounded mystical experience in the sacraments. He was high on the sacraments. He was strong on the importance of communion and baptism, and especially chrismation. And Simeon would talk about the need for a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what makes St. Simeon so unique, is that he, he didn't feel it uh, as boastful to give his personal testimony. He knew that he was not perfect, but St. Simeon uh, thought that we, we should uh, share to edify the body of Christ and what we've experienced. Many monks, you know, that they would also experience, or, or priests could experience miracles of God, but they would keep it to themselves because they thought, well, they might be boasting. Well, St. Simeon boasted, but he boasted in the Lord, as the Bible said. St. Simeon, when he preached the gospel, he, uh, in fact, to his monks in St. Mamba's monastery in Constantinople, they didn't like him. Uh, they got offended by him. At one point, they ran out of the church. Another point, the, later on, some broke through the, through the windows uh, because they couldn't hear it. They couldn't take it. That Simeon was telling them, you go to church every morning, 
you go to the liturgy, you experience the matin service, and you have all this formal religion, but you don't know God. You're religious, but you're lost. Simeon would talk about the need for um, this rebirth, spiritual rebirth. And he accompanied that with a call for repentance and the gift of tears that people would need to be aware of the gravity of their sin and the horrible impact that it has on our lives. St. Simeon, the new theologian, stated specifically and encouraged his, his monks that if we do love the Lord with all of our heart and, and we do seek him with, with all of our strength, that it would be impossible for us not to receive the blessings of God and to experience his workings in our life, even to the point of uh, being able to work certain miracles if, if the, the Lord so called them to, to do so. He said that uh, some could even have the gifts of prophecy or of healing, uh, which is quite charismatic when you think of it. When you think of it, um, that, that, that's something that uh, we, we often don't uh, recognize in the church today. Uh, he he believed that uh, that miracles could happen even in his own day, and that was one of the reasons that his his own monks ridiculed him because they said, who do you think you are, some type of new theologian? So, St. Simeon is very unique in that respect. There have been others through the church. For instance, St. Cosmos the Aetolian, who lived uh, during the uh, Turkish occupation of, uh, of Greece and Albania, and uh, how he uh, went out into the streets and he preached the gospel, and he taught the people the faith because they had forgotten the faith. Uh, because of the Turkish occupation and oppression, uh, many of them didn't know the scriptures any longer. They didn't even know the teaching of the church. But God raised up St. Cosmos to be an evangelist, to be a person to bring spiritual renewal to the Orthodox people throughout Albania and Greece. And so uh, here was another uh, a movement. Then we have, of course, uh, uh, in the other centuries, in, in, in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries in Russia, there were men who, grew, who were raised up, St. Theophan the Recluse, and uh, of course especially St. Seraphim of Sorav, who taught that the goal of the Christian life is the acquisition of the Spirit. If we receive, if we only receive the Spirit in the sacrament of chrismation, if that is all there is to it, and I am not in any way saying that it's not the grace of the Spirit is given in the sacrament of chrismation, but again, as St. Simeon, the new theologian, taught, we, through our neglect of the Spirit, uh, ignoring the Spirit, through our willful sin and rebellion against God, uh, the grace of the Spirit, uh, as it were, sort of drains from us and how we need to be renewed. Uh, St. Simeon taught that we need a second baptism, a baptism of the Holy Spirit, to renew that which was given to us. And St. Seraphim of Sarav, the, the goal of the Christian life is the acquisition of the Spirit. Now, St. Seraphim spoke that to Orthodox Christians who had been chrismated. So why, if there was no need for an acquisition of the Spirit, because the Spirit had already been given, why would St. Seraphim of Sarav teach this? Uh, and so he was very prevalent uh, in this message of spiritual renewal. 
Uh, there have been others. There have been movements in Greece over the years, uh, movements in Romania, the Lord's Army, the Zoe movement, the Sotir movement. Um, there have been spiritual renewal movements within the church, both east and west, throughout the years. Uh, and they're renewal movements, meaning the call is to renew what the church already believes, to renew what the church already teaches, to renew what has been given but has been neglected. And so uh, we have many, many fathers uh, who uh, have trod this path before us, uh, calling people to return, uh, calling people just as, in, as the prophets of the Old Testament, calling the people of God to return to the Lord, uh, return to his ways, uh, and to receive the blessings that he wants uh, to give to us. So this is not a new message. This message of spiritual renewal is not new. Uh, it is as old as the church. It's as old as the people of God. Uh, it's as old as uh, the people of God on earth is. Uh, so um, this is the reason why it's so important for us, uh, not just to look in the past, but also to realize that the present day movement of the Holy Spirit is something that God desires for us now to renew us in him. Just as the prayer that we pray um, at the third hour, uh, O you who sent down your Holy Spirit upon your apostles, take him not from us, but renew him in us who pray unto you.